Good morning. Welcome, everyone, to, uh, to Genesis. We're glad you're here. Uh, we're going to start our service today with a few songs. So would you stand and join us in worship? Come, ye sinners, poor and needy. Weak and wounded, 
sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you. Full of pity, love and power. Come ye thirsty, come and welcome God's free bounty, glorify true belief and true repentance, every grace that brings you nigh. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms. And in the arms of my dear Tarry until you're better. You will never come at all. I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms. And in the arms of my dear Savior, Oh, there are 10,000 charms. Oh, and I, I will arise and go to Jesus. He will embrace me in his arms. And in the arms of my dear Savior, oh, there are 10,000 Let no one caught in sin remain inside the of inward shame, but fix our eyes upon the cross and run to him who showed great love and bled for us. Freely you bled for us. Christ is risen Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead, we are one with him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up. 
Beneath the weight of all our sin, you bow to none but heaven's will. No scheme of hell, no scoffer's crown, no burden great can hold you down in strength. You reign forever, let your church proclaim. Christ is risen from the dead, trampling over death by death. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Christ is risen from the dead. We are one with Him again. Come awake, come awake, come and rise up from the grave. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, hell, where is your victory? Oh, church, come stand. Good to see everybody here. Oh, here comes Andrew. We got your space right there, Andrew. Amen. Amen. So uh, we're going to take some time for some God sightings and, uh, um, and testimonies, as we sometimes call them. Um, I, I just uh, want to celebrate the community that God creates among us. And uh, uh, that's what my testimonies are of today. Uh, last Sunday, we celebrated my 70th birthday, which happened on... Uh, yeah. And you're not going to see this very often, but I'm going to show off my socks. Somebody gave me five Ted Lasso socks, so I'm working my way through them. Yeah. And uh, so it's just been a joy. I mean, uh, the sharing of, of community in such a way, I experienced that. I ex also experienced it on... Uh, on uh, Friday when uh, we went foaling, and there were a lot of you there. Betsy and Ed were volunteering for Friendship. We were raising funds for Friendship House, one of our compassion partners. You know, Mike and I were a foaling team. Uh, 
I won't tell you how many times we lost to his daughter, Kimberly, and her, her husband. But uh, we did beat the Curleys. Uh, and and uh, I want to tell you about uh, uh, the Curleys, uh, Carol and Harvey, Mr. and Ms. Do Love, you know. They are amazing. And they did love. They were out there foaling, throwing that heavy ball that's like a bowling ball. And... Uh, uh, they, they didn't win anything, but they won our hearts because they just were there loving and serving. And uh, there were a number of others of you there. You know, Mark, uh, you, you guys were winners, right? Uh, <laughs> and there, so I just want to, it, it was so cool to see the fellowship of the church in service of, of a great cause, uh, Friendship House. And uh, so, so just all the ways that being together is God's people. Um, it's really, really cool. I was blessed. Um, so anybody got a testimony? You can raise your hand. I'll come to you or you can come up here. Either way. Ken. Oh, that's right. That's right. Here's the Jackie spot right here. <laughs> Good morning, church. In fact, uh, Jacqueline reminded me this morning that I should come up and give a testimony for her. And I'm just so glad, though, because she really is upset that she cannot be here right now. She has to work, and I told her she can't just not go to work. She has to let her manager know that she really wants Sunday mornings off. So that is a praise. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Go, Jackie. Give her our love. Someone else. Yes. This is my Betsy. Hi. This is probably the third time I've talked about our friend Sherry, who we've known since we were six. Ed and I have known each other since we were six. So we all went 12 years of school together. Um, about six or so years ago, she was diagnosed with lung cancer. The year preceding that, she lost a sister, another sister, a brother, her husband of 25 years, and a cat they had for 15 years, which, you know, that's a big deal, in one year. I don't even know how she woke up. And then she got diagnosed with lung cancer. Her surgery was extreme. She has one-third of one lung. Huge chemo, which nearly did her in. Most people can attest to that. But then she was cancer-free. Amazing. She had three or four years of nothing except... Believe it or not, her biggest complaint is sciatica, which I understand. A year or so ago, she, they found another spot way up here. This time she had radiation. She's in remission. This is amazing. Well, now she's had a headache for about a month, and that second cancer she had is known to metastasize to your brain, so she's pretty sure that's what's happening. She... We'll just say it. Well, I'm pretty sure that's what's happening, but I'm going to have a brain scan next week. And, you know, and, and she's alone. She lives alone, believe it or not. Um, I was there last week. I had brought her some soup. And um, I said, well, I have to ask you this because you're alone. Are you ready to burn the place down? I mean, like, what is your actual situation? She said, no, I'm not going to. I'm not going to do that. And I said, she said, plus, I'm not ready yet, which is Knowing her is all I needed to hear. So, but things are not looking real good, sorry. Things are not looking real good for her. And um, 
Her closest family member is a sister-in-law in Columbus who's 76. So her sister-in-law has been trying to get her to come down there for a while. She won't leave the house. She's extremely spiritual and she's pretty sure that her deceased husband is there in that house. So she's not going to leave that house because Tom's there. Well, I don't know what's going to happen to her. I'm her um, patient advocate person, so I'll be getting that phone call if something happens to her and she ends up in South Macomb, which is an Ascension Hospital, I think now. And, uh, you know, and I'll share her wishes with them. I'm not looking forward to that, but I'd rather bring her soup. So please keep her in your prayers. It's a tough one. Thank you. Sherry. Let's pray for Sherry and for Betsy. Lord, we just pray for Sherry right now and that uh, she would know your grace and your mercy as she faces her, her future. And thank you that she's got Betsy uh, in her life and uh, pray that you'll bless Betsy, Lord. Put your hand upon her as she shares the love of Jesus with this dear, dear friend. Amen. Amen. Any Carvey. Okay, uh, I can't hold it in anymore. I was going to wait till next week to, when I was doing this, uh, what uh, Dan's doing now, but I got a call from Sheriff Crabtree on Monday morning. He called, he says, Harvey? I said, yeah. He said, I got good news for you. The assault charges from the mayor and the PPO from the mayor has both been denied, and I am so happy about that. Yeah. But, here, but here's the thing, more than a month ago, I was telling Dan and the pastor that I, I said, God, I can't handle this. Um, here, it's yours. So I had that faith in God. And you know, I cannot imagine anybody goes through, that goes through tragic things in their life with having, without having God in their life. I can't imagine what would happen to them. But praise God, all of you guys prayed for me. I'm so happy about that. And uh, <laughs> I know I feel so good. I, I almost want to go up on top of the building and say, I've been blessed. I'm going to jump down. I can fly down if I wanted to. <laughs> so thank you for all your prayers, and thank you uh, for supporting me. Okay. Harvey, don't jump off that building. Remember, we just did the temptation of Jesus, and he said, don't test God. Okay. Anybody else? Testimony. Oh, it's the second pews day today. Hi, uh, Sharon Buttry. So a couple weeks ago, I was playing with our granddaughter, Lily, and she wanted me to carry her around, and I got sciatica, very painful. Uh, we did a training in Philadelphia. I had to ride in a wheelchair in the airport. I don't recommend it. It's a pretty wild ride. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to the hotel, they didn't have a wheelchair, so they put me on the luggage cart to get me up to the room. <laughs> Literally could not walk. And um, so that 94,000 text you see when you send something to the prayer line, it, it, I'm going to tell you a secret, it goes to Amanda Hines and she gets on her knees and she begs God for you. And so I'm walking now and very, very thankful to the Lord. I still have some pain, but I can walk. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Going once. Oh, gonna get my work out here. Uh, 
All right. I would have. Uh, you can run faster than I can. Okay. I'm Mary Calcagno. This is my husband, Steve Calcagno. I mean, you've seen us around. But the one thing, we celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary on Thursday. And we did something. We just hung out, went to Frankenmuth. I mean, you know what Frankenmuth is. So um, we had a very nice day. But this Saturday, so yesterday, my children and my grandchildren, we had a party at my son's house. And I have 10 grandchildren, and they all live here. So it was, they were just arriving at different times. And then um, my three kids, adult kids, and their spouses, currently all married and living on their own. So that's always a praise thing. <laughs> so, um, but it was so fun to see. We played a game and we laughed and the kids were, and they, they range in age from nine to 25. So it is praise to God that um, he has held us all so close. Amen. Amen. So, Bo, I think your teaching's getting illustrated here, isn't it? So, oh, we got another one. Okay. I'm getting a workout here. All right. I just wanted to say we should all pray for Miss Amanda, our Bible study teacher, as she's not feeling good right now, and she can't make it to church today. Okay. Let's pray right now. God, Amanda's prayed for so many of us, as Sharon shared, and uh, we know the power of her prayers. And um, so we, as a community, band together right now to pray for her, that she would experience your healing even now as we pray. God, that you would flood her with the presence of your spirit, drive out anything that would hinder her from her body, Lord Jesus, that she would know your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Okay. All right, is that it? Oh, no, still going. All right, uh, a couple of years ago, my mom had gallbladder cancer, and uh, they just did a scan and found another tumor, so she's going to get a procedure. What's her name? Lisa. Lisa. Let's pray for Lisa. Lord, we pray for Lisa as she goes through this scan. May she know your comfort and your presence Give her that peace that passes all understanding, and may your healing power rest upon her, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Andrew? No, okay. You're just praising God. Amen. Okay. Okay. Well, God bless. Let's continue. All right. We're going to do one more song uh, here in our service, so would you stand with us again? Uh, this song is a favorite of mine about God being with us and God being present for us. So I hope you enjoy it. And you've come to bring peace, to be loved, to be To bring light, to be light, to shine brighter in us, so oh, we man you well. God with 
presence we find our strength over everything our redemption god with us you are god with us and you've come to be hope to this world for your honor and name and you've come to take sin to bear shame and to conquer the grave oh we man you God with us our deliverer you are savior in your presence we find our strength over everything our redemption God with us you are God with us oh you are here you are holy we are standing in your glory you are here you are holy we are standing in your glory we find our strength over everything our redemption God with us you are God with us our deliverer you are Savior in your presence we find our strength over Good morning. Sometimes you have one of those weeks uh, where you need everybody around you to sing the words that are true because you forget it. Yeah? Amen. Anyone else have that week this week? So I uh, say thank you for declaring the truths of God into those spaces that feel uh, dark or feel lonely or cobwebbed. Speaking of cobwebs, who watched Hocus Pocus 2? Show of hands. Okay, me and two children. Great. <laughs> That's not awkward. It's worth it. Take a look. 
Hocus Pocus 2. You can be as cool as the three of us if you guys watch it. Uh, a couple announcements for you. You should have received a text message this morning regarding our budget. So if you get the text messages on there, there's a link to approve our budget for 2022-2023. Um, it's a housekeeping issue. It's a family issue. So please make the effort to review and affirm the budget. We've done that, made it available electronically through your phone. It's also printed out in the back and there are little affirmation cards that you can fill out and put into that wooden box. I think you can also access it through our website and probably through the e-blast this week. So keep your eyes open for it. But uh, we would like to have the budget affirmed in these next two weeks so that we can move into our fiscal year um, all together and on the same page. The other thing that's exciting is right now we're having uh, signups for our fall churchwide initiative. Churchwide initiative is um, a series where we connect the Sunday teaching with small group discussions and it runs about six weeks. So it's a, it's a lower bar commitment. If you've never been in a small group, this is a great way to kind of try it out and say, uh, experience it, see what it's like. If you've had previous small group experiences that didn't go well, or that you felt like you were married to the group, this is a, a good way to try one out and have a different experience because it's only for six weeks. And that, then that group will um, decide how it will face the future. But we've got sign-up tables in the back. There's groups that are meeting from Sunday after church through uh, Friday evening. And so I encourage you to sign up for a group. It will maximize your experience for that series, but also um, it takes what can be somewhat anonymous as this experience and brings it into a space where you can be known by name and start to have a more vulnerable and intimate experience talking about the scriptures and what God's doing in the world and what that means for you. So big encouragement for us to participate in the churchwide initiative. So please sign up today for a small group. Um, on your way out, if you brought your offering, you can put it in the wooden box. Other than that, we are so grateful for those of you who have transitioned to giving online, um, texting to give, and using those formats. Uh, we couldn't do the work that we do here without your support. And lastly, um, we're starting to think about Warming Center. And so um, I've been having some exciting meetings with some new churches and new communities that are wanting to participate this year with the Warming Center. And so I just kind of want to throw it on your radar um, as you're praying. Uh, there are some communities that are going to try and, we'll say, uh, dip their toe in the Warming Center water, which having a potluck today, that's not very appealing. So I apologize for that image. Uh, they are going to wet their whistles and give it a go. And it's risky for them. And so specifically to be praying about pastors who are trying to lead their communities outside of their four walls. And Warming Center is a, is a very um, easy on-ramp for, for pastors to be able to model that for their communities. 
And so, I don't know, it's exciting. I've had a couple of different conversations in this last month where um, pastors in this city are starting to go, huh, it seems like we're kind of focused internally and we would love to be able to partner up. So be praying about that. And um, as we try to lead that charge in uh, Southeast Oakland County and what God has for us and for our guests that will stay with us this year. So for now, uh, we wanna release the middle school kids. I think that's the um, two kids that watched Hocus Pocus 2. And anyone else that would be there? Is there a middle school person in the back? Oh, Jess, okay. So Jess is grabbing the middle school. So middle school kids, elementary kids, you guys can be released. And then everyone else just say hi. Say uh, hi to each other, and then we'll move on in our service. Good morning. Good morning. Great to be with you this morning. I'm pretty amped. 
faking it until I can make it. Spent way too much time smoking briskets yesterday. So um, you heard, so we're affirming our budget. So if you, affir- if you, not that if you affirm the budget, but if you fill out one of the budget affirmations, you don't have to affirm it. But if you fill it out, you get a double portion of brisket. So the goal is, our goal is 85 people to just kind of look at it and say yay or nay. And so um, that's the goal. That, that way we just look, the community has seen this. We're giving away 10%. That's a big thing of this difference between this budget than the last one. We've upped our giving to give away 10% externally um, and a number of other things. So if you haven't seen it and you're like, oh, I can't affirm it yet, then you need to look at it and ask some questions so you can affirm it. Um, but we would love for you to do it today or next week, but 85 is the goal. So if you can do that, that'd be awesome. Um, meaning that or you, can, you can say no, right? We, we need both of those things. We need the yeas or the nays, but we want you to, to take a side, to give a voice, to, to, be, to recognize it and do it. So thank you so much. So and also, if you didn't see that I was cooking briskets, then you don't receive our texting because I actually texted a picture of it yesterday. Um, yeah, it, it, very obnoxious, but, you know, uh, but with that, so if you don't get that, that's where Sharon is like, I text 94,000 when I have a prayer request. When, when the crap hits the fan, I know that's another spot that we can throw up prayers. And we just try to communicate like when we're eating together and those kinds of things. So if you don't get that, like I just saw Marty, Marty who's so connected here and loves everybody, he's like, oh, I don't get it. And I'm like, Marty, you didn't see my picture of my briskets. But you don't, that means you're not getting the text saying, how can we pray for you? Just that reminder that there's a community of people who care. And so if you're not getting that, um, we, we, we think it's useful and helpful and another way of keeping us connected if you do text. And if not, then don't sweat it. So, so glad you're here. We're in our values. As we said, we're going to eat together. Please stay and eat. I had more people texting me, letting me know that they're not coming to church today than ever. No one tells me if they're not coming. But I have people saying, I can't make it. That meant, wink, wink, can you save me some food? But did you ever play youth basketball? They're like, hey, um, if you didn't come for the gospel message, you couldn't play basketball. <laughs> We don't operate that way here. So yes, we'll save some brisket. But we're glad you're here. And today, today we're talking about authentic community. It's one of our values. So I want to look at that and give that some teeth. Give that some meaning. Give that, uh, what, this, is, this value matters. This valuable is beautiful. This value is hard. This value is probably one of the most tested values that we have. The one that's most pushed against in our culture. So if you want to look like what the culture looks like, it does not look like Jesus, primarily. But this value is one that is beautiful, but it's tested, and it's difficult. And so today, we want to celebrate that value. Today, we want to live that value. We even want to practice that value by sitting around at tables together and eating together. So if you can make space for that, we would really love you to. Um, we'll have more than enough food, if you're, even if you're a vegetarian. We will have more than enough food. So we'd love for you to be with us. So the value today is authentic community. And so I want to read the value and then just have a few minutes to share and to affirm and to celebrate this value that we're living in today. 
So authentic community is this. We seek to be a people that God might dwell among. Open, honest, accepting, welcoming, and non-judgmental. We recognize that we're better together than apart. I forgot to invite you guys to read that with me because I love having just the, the, the shared experience of that together. And so can we read that value together? And so let's read it as one. We seek to be a people that God might dwell among. Open, honest, accepting, welcoming, and non-judgmental. We recognize that we're better together than apart. Now, this, this value, for, for one, is probably one of the most tested values in the, in, our, in the wider culture that all of us are living in and experiencing it. Values, this one, where division and different ideas and different mindsets uh, can lead to fragmentation and making it hard to actually be together, to sit around a table to, with each other, to love one another. And so we want to talk about this. this so this value um, is that we accept and welcome all people. This value is not one that says that, oh, because of that, we accept all kinds of behavior. We don't because we have other values that we affirm as a community. And if you step on one of the other values, if you live, if you don't live our value that every person is a masterpiece, you begin to treat some people as if they're not masterpieces, then you're stepping on that value and that behavior is not allowed and that doesn't make this safe space, a safe space to be in. And if you begin that, if our, if our action is not love, but our action is force or violence, or if our action is that we overcome evil with evil, then we would say, oh no, that, that's not our value. Our value is love and action. So you're stepping on our value. So this isn't about just all about morality and all these things. These are about our values. And so this value is about creating a value of saying, yeah, we're, 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 we're open and we are honest and we are welcoming and we're non-judgmental because we're, we're better together. But that doesn't mean that we don't have division, that we don't have differences, that we don't see things differently. We do. Tons of things differently. All of you have had way different experiences and you see things differently. And it doesn't take much to realize that. Maybe around lunch you can have the conversation of saying, hey, who are you voting for governor coming up in this election? How are you going to vote on proposal three? Right? Small talk. You know, all these kinds of things. But we know that all of us think differently on that. And sometimes we can be shocked when we realize, oh, wow, you see that differently. I didn't think that somebody could in good conscience. But we can. And be together. And move together. Now, sometimes, and this is justice, issues of justice, things you're passionate about, they will demand you take a side. This isn't sort of wibbly-wobbly saying we don't, we don't have an opinion and we don't have a side. Justice will demand it, to be on record, to give an account, to stand up prophetically. And when you take that side, you may find yourself in the majority of the side on the side of justice that you're taking, or you might find yourself in the minority. You may find yourself standing alone or with a multitude. And so the challenge is that whether we're standing on those things doesn't remove us from the wider community. It can definitely make it difficult. It can make it challenging. It can make it uncomfortable. 
but it doesn't remove us. So can we do that? This, this value is not about uniformity. Not about everyone believing in the same things. It's knowing we're diverse. But when we look at this value, that we want to be a people whom God dwells among, open, honest, and welcoming, non-judgmental, that we're better together, we say, ah, there's something more than just agreeing about every detailed point of our beliefs and the things we're passionate about. The idea of being together in itself is a beautiful marker of the kingdom of God and being the people of God. And so we want to talk about that. When this, first, when this value was first written, I, I have an apology to make, and this is, this is a growth thing for me. So when this value was first written, we want to be a people in whom God dwells among. So I, I, was, I remember that line coming into there. Because it was, I, I had this idea that, I mean, because the scriptures say this thing, that God comes near to the humble, but he, he moves far away. He rejects the arrogant. And so God will come near. He dwells among these kinds of people, but then he runs from this type of people. He's far from this kind of people. It's like, oh, well, we want to be a people whom God's among. Now, yeah, there's some, there's some verses that do that, but one thing I begin to realize about God is that he comes near to all of us. It's all of our issues, with all of our things. We might have the humility thing down more, but God is a God who comes near to us, not because we have it right. And God doesn't come more near to us here in this worship time because we said more holy prayers before we started, because I sinned less this week, and, and because, right? He comes near because he accommodates us and he loves us, and that's the person of Jesus. That's what Jesus illustrated when he came and he says, I come near to you. And my nearness is not an endorsement of all of your life. My nearness is an example of how I love you and I'm the God who pursues. And that in your weakness and your brokenness, I come near. Because if God only came near to the ones who are worthy of him coming near, God would just be the Father, Son, Holy Spirit hanging out by himself. But God, we, and so we want to be a people in whom God dwells among and so what that means now is, is us understanding how beautiful and accommodating and merciful and, hum and humble God is, that God comes near to us. And so in that, we can follow that same practice of God seen in Jesus and say, we can come near other people who are different than us and see things differently and be kind to them and loved them. Dan, I was sitting with Dan, and if you have questions of, and examples of how this value has been lived out, you should ask Dan, if you have the chance to eat with him today, you should ask him about um, his relationship with his father, who was a career person in the military. And then Dan, by being moved by his conscience and the Holy Spirit, as he was reading the teachings of Jesus um, that in, the, in the 70s, decided to be a conscientious, conscientious observer, a conscientious objector. <laughs> and that's because there was like, we, we don't, you don't even have to state that these days because there's not a live draft going where people are going to be moved to war, right? We, we, we don't even have a circumstance where that kind of division is brought up. 
But Dan and many of you who lived through that, you, you, you know that moment. Some of you lived in that moment where all of a sudden there could be this big division, massive division within that. And Dan experienced just the mercy of God about two people saying, we're together even though we're seeing this differently. So you got to hear the details of that story if you're looking for a live example within a family. If your own family is this place where it's like, oh my gosh, we're on the opposite worlds of things. How do we love each other? How can we do this? Can God... Can, can God reconcile? Can God intervene? And the answer is yes. May that be today or tomorrow? Maybe not, but God can. So this value is about being together. We seek to be a people that God might dwell among. We recognize that we're better together than apart. So the first text, and we're going to be looking at this when we dig into um, our series on belonging. That's the church-wide initiative. Jill Sykes has been working on this, putting together this material for our groups, and it's going to be really good. And one of the weeks is going to dive into this really deeply about belonging to each other. But one of the texts here that we see even in the life of Jesus, because I want to anchor this in, this value is following Jesus. And so in this, in, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus talks about picking his disciples. Sorry, Matthew chapter 10. And it says this, that Jesus called his 12 disciples together, gave them authority to cast out evil spirits, to heal every kind of disease and illness. And here are their names, so the 12 apostles. First, Simon, he's called Peter. Then Andrew, Peter's brother. James, son of Zebedee. John, James' brother. Philip, Bartholomew. Thomas, Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon, the zealot. Judas Iscariot, who later betrayed him. So that's just this list of names of the 12. But and you might even have heard this. This is so fascinating that within this two, we have the zealot and we have the tax collector. So as we think even about our cultural context of people who've been put on a spectrum that was not created by Jesus, that was created by our world, the spectrums of left, right, extreme left, extreme right, whatever these spectrums are, that are created... They had their own. These groups, these people, these labels, these names. And the zealots were those who said any cooperation with Rome is to be overthrown, undermined. It's to be met with force. It's to be met with resistance. And that it's treason to align yourself in any way with Rome. And it's sin. So there's the zealots. And the zealots are like, and we're going to meet it with force. That's the storyline. And then you have the tax collectors. And the tax collectors are kind of saying, well, Rome's got, their, Rome is trying to do good by us all. They've, been, they've given our religious leaders freedom. We're able to worship as Jewish people. We're not undermined in this way. We still have all of our temple structures. We can still be this people here under Roman rule. And the tax collectors are the ones who are going to be in hand with Rome in order for all the taxes to be put out. So these are Jewish people who are kind of saying, hey, this is okay. This is for the good of our people for maintaining this and we're going to cooperate. And so among Jesus' people are these two people who see things completely different. Actually hostile to each other. And yet Jesus is inviting them, like, come with me. Come with me. And Jesus did not mandate that they change all their beliefs and their views before they come in. I mean, we don't even have accounts where Jesus is trying to maybe even correct those views. He does to some of them. 
But yet in it, we know that all the disciples were transformed by being with Jesus. In that invitation to be with Jesus, they are transformed. So we have these disciples, and then you have scenarios. So when you think about this, we have this massive division in Jesus' disciples. And then all of a sudden, some leaders who want to trip up Jesus throw out questions like this. Jesus, we know you're a great teacher. We, we know that, boy, you, you just say everything like it should be said. There's, you're a pretty cool guy. Um, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? And all of a sudden, you know that these disciples are like, oh, crap. They're listening in because they had one who was a former tax collector. You had another who's a zealot. And they're like, oh, here we go. Finally, finally, Jesus is going to set this right. Finally, Jesus is going to say something here that's going to silence you or lift up me. It's going to side with one of us. And he doesn't. This is in Luke 20. And so Jesus does this in verse 23. He says, but he saw through their trickery, because he knew it was just to distort. He knew this was a weighted issue. This was not trying to go for unity and understanding. This was to trick. He says, show me a denarius. Whose image and inscription does it have? And they said, Caesar's. And then he said to them, then Pay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. What Jesus is saying, he, what he's saying here is like, okay, can you show me the coin? Who has stamped their likeness on it? Well, Caesar has. Every ruler will stamp coins with their likeness as a way of saying, hey, this is who's in charge. And so he's like, hey, show me the coin. Whose likeness is stamped on this? They're like, Caesar's. And he's like, okay, well, give that to Caesar then. But give to God's what's God. So he's saying, then whose likeness are you stamped in? Who has stamped you with their likeness? So Jesus is taking this and he's pointing back to Genesis 1 that it says, you all were stamped in the likeness of God. So give back to God's what is God's. So what would you say? What's God's then? Everything. Give, every, give everything back because God is our Lord our Savior. And so does he answer the question? No, he doesn't. He's like, well, give that coin. Give that coin back. But give to God's what is God's. Give yourself to God. The question here, and this is, even this disciples, is about following Jesus. And we're going to see even, even in the New Testament, I'm going to go into one more scripture, and this is in Philippians 2, where Paul is saying, well, how do we follow Jesus then in our attitude and our relationships to one another? Because it's about a self-giving. He's like, like oh, how do we give ourselves? What does it look like for this kind of giving to God? What is God's? And that's in Philippians 2. But we're trying to follow Jesus in this. So this is in Philippians 2. And I think this is kind of a beautiful statement, what it looks like to give to God's so what is God's. I, in Philippians 2, great, I deleted my scripture off of my notes. And so I'll read this one because I can't remember which version I used. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united in Christ, if any comfort from his love... If any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, 
being one in spirit and one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. So that, that's a picture of what it looks like as Paul's encouraging this church. Don't look to your own interests. Put others' interests above your own. This is this beautiful picture. And, and because that's shocking. That, that doesn't go along with culture and says that this is shocking. But he's saying, oh, but this is actually Jesus. Because this next line is what he's saying. So he's saying, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ. In your relationships with one another, as you're dealing with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus. That's saying, follow Jesus. Follow the way of Jesus. And this is what we're going to, this is a lifelong pursuit. What is that way then? How do we do that? How do we walk with one another yet following the way of Jesus? And this is what we have said is the most crucial thing about moving together about moving together in this journey. And you may not be there saying, hey, I don't know if I fully trust Jesus enough to really follow Jesus. Or I don't know if I trust everything that's written about Jesus to follow what they wrote about Jesus. And that's okay. But as a people, we're wanting to orient ourselves towards Jesus and to move towards that. And this is what we want to move in unity towards, meaning we can have a diversity of ideas, but what binds us, what locks us, what moves us together is orienting ourselves towards the person of Jesus. And for you, that just may mean, huh, I'll take another look at Jesus. I'll take another look at who Jesus was. And for others, it will be, oh, Jesus, I'll do anything you tell me. But on any given day, that's taking a look at Jesus for that day. I'll do anything, Jesus. I'll do anything you invite me to. But this value is about this. It's about in our relationships to one another, having the same mindset, attitude, as Jesus did. And so let's go on what this looks like. So first it says this. Jesus, who... Being in the very nature God. So right there, it's just a little pause. So if you want to know what God looks like, where do you look? Jesus. Again and again and again. If you want to know what God looks like, Jesus was the very nature God. If you want the clearest picture if you want the one that God was saying, ah, you need to see me more clearly, look at Jesus. So who in the very nature is God? Who being the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage? Rather, he made himself nothing or made himself into a servant by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. 
This is the mindset of Jesus. That even though he was the very nature of God, he didn't seem that that was something to grasp after for all of his rights, for everything that was due to him. But he became a human, and even as a human, he became a servant to serve humanity and give himself. And he would serve even humanity, even to the point of saying that my life will not get in the way of my serving of humanity. I will even give that. I'll even be obedient even unto death in that service. So what does this look like? This idea of giving to God what is God's? Oh, is to give our life to God, which would mean that we could give ourselves as being servants to one another. Because this is what God does. This is what the picture of Jesus looks like. That we could live in humility towards one another and serve one another. Looking for the good of one another. Believing in the best for one another. Giving and receiving from each other. And then that statement is like, we are better together. As we serve and give to each other. As we support each other. So this value is about following Jesus. That he came to serve people. And he came to serve them in death. And who is the one then who elevates Jesus? God. You don't have to fight for your own elevation. Now, we fight for the elevation of others if they're being undermined by the value of saying they're not a masterpiece. But yet the Father is the one who vindicates Jesus as he gives himself unto death and he's elevated by God. This is my son who I am pleased with, who will sit at the right hand of the Father and every knee will bow. Jesus is Lord. Who is like Jesus? Our self-giving God who actually comes near to us and continues to speak over us we are better together than apart. And Jesus speaks that to every one of us. We are better together than apart. Come home. Come home. Let me under, help, me, help me understand. Where are you? What's going on? Let me into the dialogue. Are you mad? Open your mouth and be angry. Be open. Be honest. And engage. Be accepting and non-judgmental. Engage the God who dwells among us. So today we want to celebrate this value and I want to, so what, what does this look like among us? This has looked like people with real divisions sitting at a table and, and sitting with each other saying, help me understand how you see this. Tell me your story. This is the language that Dan gave me when it comes to people who are like, when I mean, you know you're with somebody who sees something differently, has voted differently, or is passionate about something that is different than what you're passionate about, that might seem to be odds with what, what you're about. And it's like, he said, the question, a beautiful question is, hey, share with me your experience. Share with me your experience that has that has shaped you and how you've come to where you are. Tell me your story around this. I know there's a number of you in this community who live this. I mean, Ken and I go to lunch together at times, and, and it's always like, hey, share me, your, share, share me your experience about this. And at times, Ken is sharing with me his experience of being in the Peace Corps and what he saw in the Philippines. Is that correct? Is that the right spot? 
in Thailand, what he saw in there that has shaped so much of him and his experience with brain cancer that has shaped so much of this story that is so helpful. And there's times it's like, Bo, you were, you're teaching on this and, it's, and, and I don't, I, I'm struggling with it. Share me your experience. Why are you doing this, right? I mean, he's like, he's like tell me your story. Where's this coming from? Because I think that when that happens, he's like, oh, I understand. Because sometimes when we hear the story, the lies that maybe we're hearing or some of the places we hear outside that tells us, oh, this person has an agenda and this is what they're trying to do. At that time, those lies can be squashed. Because when we hear these things, we're gonna, we, we have this tendency to want to place them in some place that makes them our enemy or makes them our opponent instead of our brother and sister when we begin to hear their story. That's what that looks like when we're sitting at tables and, and hearing this. And so this, this value, I've seen this value lived out. I get to experience this value mostly within our team, our staff team at Genesis. Because we're with each other a lot. And we're with each other where we hurt each other's feelings. And there's been, people have been offended. And they keep coming and they're saying, this, this has offended me. This, this has rocked me. So they're being honest and open about where they are. What they're struggling with. Jenny and I have had so many conversations. She was like, Bo, that doesn't make any sense. I'm going to be honest. I don't understand what you're saying. And, and that's, that's not a rift. That's a gift. That's saying, oh, what you're talking about isn't clear. And this is what community looks like when we don't get it. Saying, I'm struggling here. Help me. Tell me, tell me this experience. Share your story with me. Amanda Hines lives this value out beautifully where she steps in and, and shares you know, authentically and, and honestly and openly. And even this morning, Harvey, I, I love it. Because if you don't know Harvey and you don't know what's going on, all of a sudden it's like, hey, the, you know, the, the court thing where I had assault charges pressed against me, they were dropped. Praise God. Yeah. And I was like, should I eat lunch with that guy today? Right? Because... If that's what being a vulnerable people is. And if you, but if you want to know the story, sit down to, with Harvey. And, and I'm sure that your heart will weep because the story is sad. And maybe your story is sad too. And you've got a different one dealing with that kind of a thing. With being in trouble with the law. Or having someone come against you and say some things about you. And maybe they were true or maybe they weren't. Each of us has this experience and a story, and we are better together as we share those and hear those and then get to live out the greatest commandment of Jesus. Love your brother and sister. Sit with them. Eat with them. Be with them. It's better. It's good that you're together. It's good that you're sitting here. We're going to be talking about this coming up, and, and it says, at times, you may not feel like you fit. I pray that God would give you the courage to not have to fit, and the love to not fit, but to know that you belong. And that's what we're going to be talking about here in a few weeks. One other beautiful, um, well, Bonnie sent me a, a couple of them, and um, 
just also what this value looks like. We've been praying for Bethany and Ryan, and so I just want to mention them. They might be listening in, and so Jesus, may you have mercy on you guys as you're still in Arizona. But Bethany shares in her testimonies, even as this, she shares the good and the bad. She shares the weaknesses. They share their vulnerabilities. They share their needs. We live in a context where sometimes you can't share your needs because we don't want to look needy. Do you know one of the things that we all have in common? We're needy. We all have that in common. And all the beauty that we have in common too is that each of us can help to meet those needs in love. That's why we're better together. So Bethany lives this value beautifully. They love big and she's big and vulnerable, sharing all the complexities of life. Bonnie nominated, also shared stories about Dan. When she was like, oh, I see this authentic community in Dan being so open and kind and quick to pray and quick to share. And Amy Inman, I don't know if Amy and Chris are listening in, but being so kind and accepting, warm and encouraging. When you're with Amy, you know you've got the ear of one who is listening to you as a human and wanting to hear your experience and not judging you, loving you, fully attentive. Dan had mentioned Hannah and Ben Hoskins. There's certain people I think that get nominated for every value because that's what this community is, people who are living these values out as you are. And so today, one other thing that we want to celebrate, and so our, we've been giving away these uh, symbolic gestures, and the symbolic gestures for all of us is this meal down in the fellowship hall where we have peace with each other. We have peace not because of the commonality of our beliefs. We have peace because of Jesus, who is the exact representation of God, shows us what it looks like to give yourself away for the good of others. We have peace with one another. We can sit at a table as we say, oh, let's follow Jesus together in this. We're better that you are here. And if you are not, if we're not in relationships, we are worse off for you not being here. And so we're going to come down there and we're going to celebrate in this meal. We're going to look at each other. We're going to sit with each other offering peace and love to each other. And the and in ancient Judaism, they would have these fellowship offerings, these peace offerings, where they would take a half of a cow or a full calf or whatever it might be, and they would cook it, and parts of the fat would be burned up, but all the rest would be a community meal. They would invite everyone they knew and say, come and eat with me. And they would do that either for the sake of just God's goodness towards us. It was a Thanksgiving offering. God saw us through something hard. Or it'd be a Thanksgiving offering, it'd be a peace offering, just saying we are, we're at peace with God who loves us. And so every time we sit around a table for communion, that's what it is. God has seen us through, and will see us through. And we have peace with Jesus, we have peace with God, and Jesus is the one who's saying, I will show you it is well with you. Through my love, through my offering, through my words, through my life. And so this symbolic gesture is this meal. And that's why I would spend 13 hours cooking it yesterday over a fire. Right? Because it's like, no, oh, no, I, this is beautiful and this is good. 
And so I, I invite you to celebrate in that way with us. It was 2010, and Dan reminded me of the story when there was, a, it was the first, there was the American Baptist Church, the first Baptist Church of Royal Oak um, that, was, that was here. And that community that was here was saying, Lord, what does our future look like? And they didn't know because they saw all the indicators of like decline, no children, mostly an, 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 an um, aging community. But here's what they said. All, we don't know what we're supposed to do, but we just know that we want to give ourselves away. There's something for us, and we want to know what God has for us, whatever it might be in this next stage. So they were like hands open saying, we don't know what the direction it is, but we want to be open-handed and self-giving, whatever it might be. What's so beautiful about that community of people is they were not grasping and clinging to anything they could get a hold of in order to say, we better hunker down and sustain ourselves because everything in the culture is taking it away. No, what are we going to do? We're going to give ourselves away, and if our blood splatters in the process, at least it will splatter in the way of Jesus. And then there was this other community of 20s, 30-year-olds, and 40-year-olds who didn't know anything about it, but we were kind of like a community called Genesis that was like, well, we, we have this group of people. We're kind of homogenous in our age. We're kind of lacking. We want to we be rooted and grounded. We want to have a place and a space where we can anchor down and love and care. But we were, we were lacking and at first, when, that, when I, we were as a community, we were just thinking we had a little bit of money. We would, we would either rent something, we would buy something, we'd find some space. But then we started making friendships with those, the people here. And, some, and the whisper, the spirit whispered this. You would be better together than apart. That's what the spirit whispered. And you know... Do you know what my honest reaction was? So my first reaction was, that's hard. Uh Uh-uh. Because that's hard. Why is it hard? Because it's hard to love. But, so I sat there with my first reaction, that's hard. But then my second was like, that is absolutely the spirit of Jesus. (laughs) And so this is the part of acknowledging, this is hard, but this is absolutely Jesus. So which way are we going to go? Oh, we're going to go in the way of Jesus. And we're going to align ourselves with these people who want to be self-giving in their love because we have that in common and that is huge. And ever since then, it's been amazing and perfect. And ever since then, uh, there's only been good things that people have said. And you know what? Anyone who's come and tasted what we've had, they said, that's the sweetest thing I've ever tasted. No. It's been hard, and, and some have said, no thanks. You know, some have been hurt and gotten wounded by the poor choices of humans at different times. This value is not meaning that you have to go to church here all the rest of your life. 
this value is just says that we, we want to go together and we want to move together. It's not about church membership, but it's about the mindset of Jesus and our relationships to one another. Let's serve each other and let's love each other. I love that story from 2010. It's not a perfect story, but it is our story. And that story is true. And that story has been hard-lived for the last 12 years. And it will continue to be hard-lived because this is the fingerprint of Jesus upon us. That's where we're going and that's who we're going to be. And we're pumped that we get to go together because we're better together than apart. So, let's celebrate and eat some brisket. And if you're a vegetarian, we have some faux brisket from pickled onions. No, we don't. I lied. Yeah, but we have lots of vegetables. And I'm not offended. And, I, and it doesn't matter if you eat the meat. What matters is that you're a part. And here, and if you can stay and sit around a table, and if you can't, let us make you a doggy bag because I cooked 120 pounds of beef. So let me give thanks and then we'll dismiss and we'll go down there and, and eat together. And, and as you're sitting around the table with people, would you offer your peace to each other? Would you hear the stories of each other and would you marvel at the good thing that Jesus does when he pulls us in relationships with people who are different than us? Marvel at the people. Thank God for the tables and the people engaged. Hear stories and celebrate and it will celebrate the love and the peace of Jesus that we have as we eat together. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to send us down there. But if you walk into the lobby, we got our lift fixed. And there is a red ribbon on there. And we're going to cut the red ribbon as we go down to the South Hall. And so that lift, I think the lift costs like $25,000. But we know that we had to do it because... We, we wanted people to be able to go down into South Hall. Every person is a masterpiece. We want every space to be accessible to people because that communicates ton for us about who we are and what we value and who we want. Who, who, there's room. There's room for everything. And so we're, I love that freaking lift. That lift was hard to get fixed, but I am pumped that it got fixed. And so we're going to have a ribbon cutting ceremony because we want to celebrate good things like that lift. Um, and then if you want to take a ride in the lift, you can. Or you can take the steps down and, and eat together. So, Jesus, thank you that you're the God who dwells among us. You're with us. You dwell in our homes, in our hearts, in our neighborhoods, in there. You're not fleeing. You're not running and going super far. You pursue us even when we turn our backs. This is the story of your good news. Thank you, Jesus, that you accommodate and you come into all of our places. Churches and of that. And you draw us to yourself and we're transformed as we say yes. We know there's transformation that needs to happen in every one of us. but you invite us to come. And so may we go on that journey together, knowing that every one of us will be transformed in the process. May you extend us grace as we live this value out in our workplaces and with our families and our neighborhoods. And some of those places might be toxic. Have mercy, Lord. We pray that you would bring your unity to your global church 
in communities all over this world as a testimony of your self-giving love. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Okay. So please stay and eat with us. There is room at every table. And if you can, let's catch the ribbon cutting ceremony. So if you have kids, go grab your kids. We're going to eat together. We're actually doing it down in South Hall, which is...